Shepherd the Sheep podcast with Pastor Jason Vaughn and Pastor Gino Guillermo. That is me, and I'm across the table from Jason in our studio here on Brady Lane. Yes, on yeah, we're we're gonna try to rename that <laughs> to a better quarterback at some point, but uh, uh, not today. Well, listen, this this is an important podcast. Uh, if ever there was a podcast that we were gonna that we were gonna have on a topic that needs to be had, this is one of those podcasts. And when we sat down and decided to podcast, right, it is with the goal and purpose and intention of helping everyone in Cornerstone be churchmen, right? All of us are commissioned by God. If we are believers, we are commissioned by God. Ephesians four with a gift for the purpose of edifying and building up the church which means that everybody in Cornerstone is called to be a churchman. And if I were going to give an analogy, I would say it's basically like walking with Christ. God, right, you skip the interview process and you are instantly plugged into the organism of the church. And it's like you have a job there, right? So just like I go to work Monday to Friday, some of you think just one day a week on Sundays, that's fine. Uh, but you know what? I work a little bit more than that, but right. So some of you get up on Monday, you go to work and you come home on Friday, you know, you, you work all week, you work 40, 60 hours a week, you get, and you get a paycheck for that. Uh, the church, the responsibilities we have in a church are exactly like the job without financial pay. Instead of their acts of worship. Yes. And they're for the Lord. And because of that, it is our, it is my prayer, Gino's prayer, the elders prayer, any mature believers prayer in Cornerstone is praying that all of us in Cornerstone take the responsibilities of a churchman seriously and grow in these responsibilities. So that's what this podcast is about. Mm. And if ever there were like a discussion that you need to have, it's this discussion. And this is like the birds and the bees of the church of church life discussion. Yes. Um, But I want to caveat that at the start, right? Just listening to that, this podcast is not like taking two pills and having your body like instantly correct the problem. This is the discussion that you have that you start to think on. And it's one of those that no one perfects out of the gate. And you're probably going to struggle with it the rest of your life. I agree. Yes. This, yeah. this is something that requires uh, just diligent um uh, diligent work, really. You got to work at it every every day because it uh, requires you to learn people. Yes, yeah, and and it it is one of those that the second you think you don't, the second you're like, oh, you know what, I've moved on in my life, and I've eradicated this erroneous thinking from my th- thought pattern. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, conflict happens, and you realize, oh. oh, oh I did not eradicate that problem. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, even if you're on the other end, the receiving end, um, you're still going to have to deal with this issue uh, from a standpoint of um, at least reconciliation, right? Yes. um, And it requires at least one one of the two parties to be thinking correctly about it. Right. Well, and that's the whole other thing, right? I mean, and that's the other side of the coin. That's why this discussion may be longer than our normal 20 to 30 minute goal. Because this is that big of a discussion. And sometimes you need to be aware that, that right, you may, you may be maturing out of this problem, but the ability to realize that the problem still exists in relationships, even with the way others treat you, will help you serve and navigate those people. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to set this up. The goal of, of our life as believers in Christ is to be worshipers of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And then if I go to Philippians 2, and we, we kind of like to read a little bit of scripture here. So we're going we're gonna to go to Philippians 2. And in Philippians 2, there is, right, this, um, of course, now accordance is like, oh, no, you're not going. They tried to take me to Philippians 23. <laughs> That's not where it goes. Uh, but Philippians 2, therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind and maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. So important. Mm. 
do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also the interest of others. Ah, there's so much there. Yes. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard, regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself, but becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And the, the, the significant chunk that we need to pull out of that for today is that my goal as a believer is to be servant-oriented towards other people. Yeah. Towards my wife, towards my kids, towards other people in the church, towards people I don't know, towards people on the road, towards my barista. By the way, little plug, always love your barista. Uh, good things happen when you have a good relationship with your coffee house and the baristas. So, uh, but, but, right, so... I want to be servant minded in my, in my approach to other people. Uh, and I believe the Lord sanctifies us to this way, right? Obviously the problem is that I'm not always servant oriented in the way that I address others. Sometimes I think about me first. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that I'm not alone on that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I mean, right. I mean, honestly, we should all sit around in a big circle and hi, my name is, and I have a problem and I think about myself too much. Right. I, I, yeah. You talk about humility here yeah. and just um, the uh, goal of being introspective, like looking at oneself. Yes. Even more, I, w I dare say. Yes. Right? Yeah. Than others. Yes. Right. And yeah, I mean, everywhere I go, there I am thinking about myself, thinking about what I want thinking about what, right, I find the best parking spot. I take the best slice of bacon off of the buffet. It, could even be, it can even be a good thing. It can um, be a good like, thing. Like, I have a great plan. Yes. The plan's going to go this way. And it's going to work out perfect because I planned this out. And yes. it's, you know, this is going to be the result. Everyone needs to jump on board. Yes. That's my, that's my expectation. Yeah. Ah. And then I, then I get to the campsite and I discover that other people had other expectations. <laughs> exactly. And so that is the topic of conversation at the seven and a half minute mark. We hit the conversation and the expectations. Yes. Expectations. See, and you may have expected me to say that word, what this podcast was about a little earlier, but we didn't, we said it at the seven yeah. minute and 42nd mark. Yeah. So if you're still there and you're not frustrated yet, uh, yes. this is, this is a, that's good. That's a good sign. But if you are frustrated, then uh, this is for you. <laughs> yes, this is for you. <laughs> but, for but all that, all that, that first seven and a half minutes is important groundwork for this topic because I, I can tell you, uh, I don't know of a single situation uh, and especially a conflict. I cannot think of a single conflict situation that I have been involved in or another elder has been involved in in the church's life where expectations was not one of the top two or three problems in the conflict. Yes. Every one of them. I would even argue... 99, I would probably, if, if Luxor would let me do it, mm -hmm. I would bet that 99.9% .9 of all problems and conflicts between people, that if you let me peel back the layer enough, that rather quickly expect false or wrong expectations as a part of that. Yes. Uh, in fact, remember Seven Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon where you name a movie and then you try to like, you name an actor and you, you try to link that actor to Kevin Bacon. I've heard of that. Never yeah. watched it. Though. Yeah. So, well, it's not, you have to like, it's a game. Oh, so a, it's like, you yeah, say like know. Tom Cruise uh, and it's like, well, how fast can you get Tom Cruise to Kevin Bacon? Uh, and it's like, um, uh, right. So then you name a movie and you maybe say, well, like Tom Cruise played in this movie with this actor and then that actor played in this movie with this actor. And that oh. actor that actor was in this movie with Kevin Bacon. Gotcha, gotcha. But see, Tom Cruise was actually in a movie with Kevin Bacon. So there's only one degree of separation there. Gotcha, yep. Yeah, and it was it's actually one of my favorite movies. And of course, right the second I talk about it, it goes blank. It's that Western, right? No, no, it's not the Western. Uh. It, is, uh, it is where they are 
JAG. Uh, they are JAG officers. And you can't handle the truth oh, with Jack yeah. Nicholas, the firm. Jack Nicholson. No, that's uh, Tom Cruise in the firm, too. Uh, it's the one, uh, A Few Good Men. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Great movie. So, A Few Good Men, right? So, listen, every problem, with, I promise you, three degrees of separation, expectations is a problem. Okay. So, that was the point with yes. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes. That okay. is the Kevin Bacon point. So, if you're expecting Jason to make that point sooner again and you're. Yes. <laughs> false. Yeah, you're walking with us at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the the result of thinking out loud. So yeah, and not not finishing my coffee yet. So du- dual dual problems. Okay, mm. well listen. Uh, so the situation, right? I, I I promise you, in in every conflict, what is happening between you and somebody else? And if you're listening to this, it would help you to think of maybe even the last conflict you had. And I promise you. What is at its core, one of, the, one of the things that pride in our heart does is it likes to set up expectations for other people and then get upset when that person fails to meet the expectation. Mm, okay. Yeah, and it can be as simple as um, I came home and my spouse's shoes were in front of, were by the couch. And I snipped at my spouse, chided my spouse, because the shoes weren't where they where you think they should be. Okay. So your expectation, right? So I came in the door, and my expectation is that the shoes are going to be in the closet, which is, by the way, highly illogical. <laughs> um. You, you should put them by the place where you're going to put them on every day. So it makes sense, honestly, they'd be by the chair. But anyway. I, I think that's a false expectation. Jason. Yes. So, but anyway, right? Like, it actually brings up the whole point, right? Like, there you are, and the shoes are not where you expect them to be. And you get upset because you may have even said a thousand times, I don't like that you put the shoes there. The, the problem is, even, even in this little innocuous, like, kind of laughable situation, the problem is you have an expectation for somebody else. And the question is, do you really have the right to have that expectation for somebody else? Mm, okay. And I, I would even say, so you have to start to parse this even deeper. Do Are you even in position to where you have the authority over that expectation? And the answer most of the time is no, you're not. Okay. Now, what always happens Anytime you talk to somebody and they're, they're in some kind of conflict and usually you start to peel back the details of the conflict and pretty quickly you say, oh, so you had this expectation for your brother or sister or for your wife. And they'll say, yeah, it, it may. And usually everybody says, it, yeah, it makes sense. It is a logical expectation. Mm-hmm. It is an okay expectation. And and honestly, I will grant 99.9% of the time, the expectation you have in your head at some level does make sense if you're the Lord. Right. Well, I mean, to to just um, think even uh, on the other side of this, the expectation is not the wrong thing that you're talking about, right? Yes. It's it's usually the expectation that leads to the conflict. Yes. Um, so having an expectation is not necessarily wrong because someone someone's thinking right now, well, well the shoe should be there. Right. Or there's nothing wrong with having that expectation. Right. So what, what, what would you say to that person? Yeah. So in the clean house scenario, well, it's not wrong for me to like a clean house. Right. And it's like, cool. The, the million dollar question is, do you have the right to tell your spouse the house has to be clean in this way? Okay. And even go further. Well, he should, he usually it's like, no, no offense. I don't want to be sexist in this, but usually it's like, well, he should, I mean, who do, who wants to live in a dirty house? Right. And it's like, I grant that. However, it still comes down to this, this million dollar question. Did your spouse agree to the expectation? That's fair. Yeah. Right? I think that's where, okay. So that's where the conflict happens, right? That's where the conflict happens. Okay. And, in, and in a shoe example, we can all be like, man, come on, why are we making a big deal about shoes? Mm-hmm. But 15, 20 years of marriage, the shoe becomes a bigger deal at year seven than it was at year one. Correct. Yes. 
Correct. Yeah. And so, uh, but this happens in all sorts of ways, right? Like, um, well, this has been a, you know, you'll hear it in this situation too. Well, this has been a problem with my friend or my spouse for the last 18 months. And so we talked about it and my spouse doesn't want to do this anymore. Doesn't want to be this way anymore. Doesn't want to do this anymore. And so he's he or she's trying to repent of this action. And yet they did it again. And so, you know, how many times do I forgive them? Hmm. Like, like at, at what so, point do I draw the, the line in the sand and say, no, this is too much? Okay. Oh, so much there. So, because we're jumping from shoes to now you're talking about something serious. Now you're talking about um, expectations of uh, moral behavior at this point, right? Yes. So that's, now it's, uh, now it's a serious, con, it's a serious conflict. Yes. It's more than just a preference, right? Yes. So we kind of moved from preferential uh, issues to something deeper. Yes. Okay, so how do we manage these expectations? So, okay, so in the shoe example, yeah. Um, compare, contrast between the two situations, the shoe example, preference issue versus a, a moral sin issue. Yes. Yeah, I think that, I think, right, and my, my whole thing is this, though. Most of us have expectations for other people in both camps, in both on both preferential issues and truth issues. Correct. Uh, but I think the 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 problem that exists in both of those circles, if you will, is that um, I really do expect you to do what I want you to do in both situations. Right. The expectation is along the lines of like, well, hey, um, look, I've told you a thousand times I don't want the shoes there. So my expectation is that you adhere to my preferences. That's why I said earlier, 99.9% of the time you're right if you're the Lord. Mm. And the Lord's never wrong. Right. But So if you're the Lord in heaven, you can have that expectation. But because I'm not the Lord in heaven, I don't get to have that expectation. Okay. I may desire that you not put your shoes there. I may, I may want, I may want you to put your dish in the dishwasher and skip the whole, put it in the sink step. Mm -hmm. The million dollar question is, do I have the right to be upset with you when you don't do what I expect you to do? Ah, so that's the key there. That's the reaction to not getting what you want. Yeah, right? I think so. Because, so you're saying so you're 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 not saying that expectations are necessarily wrong. It's no. how you react to the expectation when you don't get the ex, you don't get the desired result yes. of your expectation. Yes, that's where the real conflict li conflict lies. Yes, yeah, the issue I should say. And and I'm going to argue. I will argue that for preferential expectations, you're actually being selfish. And I will argue for truth expectations, you actually ain't being ungracious. Ungracious, unrealistic. Unrealistic. Well, yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, I can't remember who said it. A prof or a pastor said it once that the second you place expectations on other people, you are setting up future um, despondency. What, is that, are, what does that mean? You're you're setting up some. You are the second I so the despondency like um, despondency or anger. Okay, you you are so the second. Let let's just say I I create an expectation for you, Gino, and I don't. I, I'm not even telling you about the expectation, but I'm just like, hey, I expect Gino to do this. Mm -hmm. The second I do that, I have set up future. Uh, I have set myself up for future anger. Okay. Because when you don't meet that expectation, in my mind, you sh you were supposed to do this, whether I talked to you about it or not. And when you failed, now I'm upset, and I and you've shattered the hope that I had that you would do that. Okay. Yeah. My expectation is right. So my expectation is that I'm going to come home and my spouse is going to have a clean house. I come home and the house is dirty and it's a mess. And now I'm upset because I didn't get what I want. 
right? I didn't come into the house with a servant mindset of, wow, I'm glad to see my wife and kids and I'm here to serve. Instead, I came in with some kind of expectation. Mm-hmm. And the million dollar question in the clean house is, do I have a right to that expectation? Hmm. Okay. And I would argue no, even if you communicated that expectation to your spouse. So a desired expectation, no one has rights to. Um, it just means that it just means that you have an expectation and not necessarily wrong expectations. Even if you talked about it and agreed to it, um, you have no right to be angry over it. Yes. Because in the end, it's really like it, the, the, the goal is, uh, uh, you know, how are we going to, um, how, how do we walk like according to wisdom, according to honoring the Lord? Yes. And we're like, we're looking at life through the framework of expectations, which is a great way to think about it because there's expectations in everything. Yes. Um, and so how do we walk and, and deal with expectations not being met? Right. Uh, and so for me, when I'm thinking about somebody, let's say, let's say, uh, in a, uh, shepherding context we're shepherding somebody and we have you know let's say for the sake of argument that person is a believer you're expecting that the holy spirit is working in that person mm-hmm. um so you're you're looking for fruit let's say yes but that person fails yes uh how do you think through that as you know someone trying to walk along some someone in life and you're trying to help them. And um, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it gets, it, it can get really messy. It gets super messy. Yeah. And, and ultimately every time that comes up, you ask the question of, uh, usually, hey, did you communicate that expectation and did the person agree to it? Right? Mm-hmm. If if you expect me to if you if you if you're the kind of person that expects your pastor to not have a nice car, right? And then you get upset with me because I have a I have the truck I have. And it's not like I mean it's not like a flashy, super great truck. This is just an example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hypothetical. 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 Right now, now, wait a minute. This actually is a good example. In Oklahoma, I saw this all the time. Okay. Where um, people would see a pastor and they would say, that's too nice of a car. Gotcha. Like, what kind of pastor has a nice car? He should be working for the Lord and he should be doing it this way. Mm. And it was interesting because it was, you, you kind of hear that and you go, okay, here this person has an expectation that the pastor is going to spend their money a certain way. Or even that the pastor maybe is not going to make money and provide for his family. Mm-hmm. So right there, that nicer car than you want the pastor to have is a shattered expectation. And now you're mad at the pastor. Right. Now there's a thousand errors in that person's thinking. Right. But let's just pinpoint the expectation one. The million dollar question was, what right did that does that person have to place that expectation on the pastor? And if you come back with me and say, well, he should, he should prefer my preferences. I'm going to argue that's a prideful approach. That is not the Philippians 2-4 approach. The second I am telling other people that they should prefer me the way I want them to, to prefer me, I'm taking the prideful road, not the, not the humble road, because I should be sitting down saying, I expect to treat you as if you're more important than me. Right. And so you have to flip that on its head. But most of us in autopilot, we expect other people to kind of do it our way. And I think this is the thing with expectations. A lot of us live this life and we do what we do. We make the decisions we make because we think they're the right decisions and we think it's the right way to do things. And then we see somebody else do something differently and we're quick to call that person an idiot or to think that person is less intelligent or, or, some, or to be upset with that person for not doing it the way we think. Guilty. And there's the problem, right? Because, hey, well, my expectation would be that you would think about this issue the same way I think about this issue. Mm. And nothing nothing draws that out like food snobbery. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because pretty quickly, sometimes you talk to people and you realize, hey, they don't care what kind of coffee they drink. Right. And that's okay. Right. But now if my expectation is that everybody's going to be coffee snob, like I'm a coffee snob, then I'm going to be disappointed. That's what, that's what expectation is. Uh, okay. Expectations on other people is future disappointments because you're going to find out they're actually not going to live up to what I think they should do. So these are, uh, you're, you're really talking about uh, like hard expectations, like people that have expectations, um, the kind of expe- expectations you're talking about are hard expectations to where if they don't fulfill it, yes, you become this judgmental kind yes. of like you're the standard, yes. like your thinking is a standard, your yes. behavior is a standard and that's prideful. That draws out. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's. I remember a marriage, not, not in Cornerstone, but I remember working with a marriage and uh, one spouse was upset with the other spouse um, because the one spouse never did the dishes. Mm. And um, it was interesting because the one spouse was upset because he never helped. And when we asked him about it and said, well, listen, uh, why are you not doing the dishes? His response was, you know what? Never even thought about needing to do the dishes lived with my mom for 24 years and I would just put it in the sink and it would disappear. Did your mom ever teach you to do the dishes? Well, no. Did did you ever like have anybody say, Hey, something has to kind of happen here? No. And then it was interesting because he said the second my wife brought it up to me, I realized, Oh yeah, somebody has to do this. And I started doing the dishes. (laughs) <laughs> and it was kind of one of those wow. where like, right. I mean, so her expectations for him were again, Oh, he grew up like I grew up knowing, you know, he has the same mentality I have, right. There's, there's two kinds of people. There's, Hey, there's a dish in the sink. It needs to be cleaned right now. The, the, those, those weird people, right. <laughs> they live in their own world and that's cool. And I appreciate that. And then there's the sanity ones who say, hey, it's okay if the dishes pile up for a little bit in the sink. We can take care of that at an appropriate time. Uh, yeah, that, that, and that's those of yeah, us that are in that world, uh, a happier world, by the way. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, either one you are, you have to realize that the second I expect everybody in the house to think like me and to organize my preferences and even even the way I would list out my priorities, the second I do that to other people, I really am starting to play God in my house because right. Hey, I expect you to prioritize these things the same way I prioritize these things. Right. Okay. So now you're really drawing out the problem with expectations. You're, you're really saying that the person who believes that everything should be done the way they think they, you know, the way they think it should be done is, is really the kind of person you're talking about who has like these false expectations. Yes. Um, even if that person is r- right to expect, yes, you know, that behavior. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cause it's always interesting, right? Like in, in the church, you expect other people to be holy. Right. And so then, the, so what some people hear is they hear me say this and they go, well, so you don't think he should be holy in this way? And it's right. like, well, of course I think he should be holy in this way. You know, the question is, where did you come up with the idea that he was going to be perfect in this way? Right. Right. I can expect you to love other people in the church. I think I err the second I expect you to always be perfect in loving other people in the church. Hmm. Right. And I think about this, think about this theologically. Uh, if you are, if, if we're talking about a believer, the believer has the Holy Spirit. I know second Corinthians three eighteen that the Holy Spirit is, is conforming us from glory to glory. Philippians one, six, he who begins a good work in you, he will complete it. I know that God is working to holiness in believers lives. Right. Now, yeah, that's helpful. The closer I am to that person, the more I'm going to see them stumble and make mistakes and have problems. Now, the million dollar question is where in scripture does it say we can expect them to be perfect 100% of the time? Nowhere. Right. Even, Even for elders. Right. Right. That, that he must be above reproach. 
It's not saying that he's perfect. Amen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. I, no, I, it's so funny. Like no insert, whatever famous pastor you love to listen to on the radio. That guy doesn't measure up to perfection. Only Jesus Christ does. Yes. So Preach the it. reality is <laughs> every, even pastor sins and must confess sin and ask forgiveness. Right. And yes. so nobody's perfect. So that react. So a lot of us are like, yeah, but you don't understand. I've been dealing with take a financial problem, right? Like he goes and he blows money all the time, and then we get behind on our bills, and we suffer for six weeks, and we eat ramen for six weeks because he was an idiot with the money, and then we bounce back, and he did it again, and this is the third time, and I'm done with it, and so now I want a divorce, and it's like, okay, so he's confessing as a problem, he's trying to fix the problem. But your expectancy was that after reconciliation number two, you expected him to have the problem solved right away. Yes. Where in the Bible can you expect him to be perfect like that? Hmm. And it's so funny because the pushback is always like, well, but I have dealt with this for 10 years. And it's like, I get that you've dealt with that for 10 years. And I totally understand the frustration. I can sympathize with how hard, all right, those cycles are very difficult. And if we don't have some level of compassion, then we're not thinking really about the situation because yes. man, could you imagine like things are going great. Then for six weeks you're eating ramen every day and you have the power company calling, threatening to like kill your lights because you're not right. Because your spouse who takes care of the bills has blown all of your money. Right. And yeah. now, now here you are with like, dealing with this expectation of he's going to fix things or she's going to fix things. I mean, whoever pays the bills in the house, but the, the question is, and it's the hard question is where did you get the idea that you could expect him to be perfect for the rest of your life? If this is his weakness and he's having to learn how to walk righteously with this, nowhere in scripture does it say like that that's, that's as clear as, Hey, you give him a command and it fixes it. It's not take two pills and call me in the morning. Right, but you're, you're at the same time you're not advocating that this is okay. No, of course not. Yeah, you're you're saying so. There's two there's two kinds of people. Yes. Um, there's the one who has expectations and 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 um, and looks at the other side and says, "I'm done." Yes. Right. That's the unloving, yes, not servant minded person. And there's the other person who says, who has an ex expectation because everyone has expectations, yes. no matter who you are. Right. Yes. And sees that that person doesn't uh, live up to, let's just say biblical, ex, uh, a biblical expectation yes. and says, okay, how can I serve that person so that they, uh, I can be a help to them. I could love them in a way to help them you yes. know, walk and, and get over this hump or, or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's a different conversation than like, okay, you know, the, my spouse does not, do the dishes the way I like to do the dishes. How can I, how can yeah. I disciple her to do it the right way? Right. Or, or him or so. Or um, kids. That's why. Kids. Or, right. Right. So it's, um, could you help think through, um, those two types of scenarios? Yeah. So I think on the one you want to, um, right. I mean, I, it's a lot of, it's an approach. So, uh, well, he's a believer. He should want to be holy in that way too. And it's like, I, I 100% agree, right? But but theologically, this is a saved person being conformed to the image of Christ. But but as Hebrews 3 talks about, right, that, that we are to, that we need one another because sin is deceitful as well. Uh, you know, in Hebrews 3... Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. This is the reality that sin is blinding in every human being. And so if I have blind spots and you have blind spots, and that means every human being in this world has a blind spot. So to expect a person to walk in pure holiness and not have a blind spot is kind of like saying to God, God, I expect this person to be like Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
And now the question is, is this person Jesus Christ? And the answer is no. So now it comes back to why are you expecting perfection in this person's life? Hmm. Right. And the reality is most of the time we expect that because their actions are creating difficulties for me. Ah, okay. So when somebody comes to me with some kind of like expectation and this happens all the time, like mothers and dads have different perspectives on their kids, right? Like I'm sure Kyla, if there was like a fifth grade graduation, I'm sure Kyla would be like, Oh, we got to go. We got to watch it. And I'd be like, I do not care about a fifth grade graduation. (laughs) Uh, yay. You finished fifth grade and you're going to sixth grade. And look, that that's my dad view. Right. right? And I, I appreciate mom view. Who's excited that her kid did it. I, I appreciate that. That's great. That's just not how we guys think. Right. Right. We're, we're kind of like, Hey, let's look like I'm a make a big deal about big things kind of guy. And I don't think moving from fifth to six is a big deal. However, I also appreciate encourage a mom who's like, Hey, I just want to encourage my kids. Yeah. That's cool too. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the problem is when, when encouragement mom gets upset with no big deal, dad, Hmm about this one. And then, and then, or no big deal. Dad gets upset with encouragement. Uh, Mom, like, you're not as excited as I am. What's yeah, wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Again, <laughs> not prioritizing things the way I do, right? Not thinking about them in the same order I think about and not responding the way I think you should want to respond. Uh, okay. All kinds of problems. And so, the reality is it's not a servant mindset. Yes. So the solution for them is often for all of us is rather than place the expectation on them to be perfect. What if my expectation was on me to be a servant and to help them through their trials and their struggles? Ah, uh, okay. Right. If, especially in, for two believers, if you know your spouse wants to be holy, then ask the question, how do I help my spouse grow in holiness? Mm. How do I encourage my spouse? Right. If your spouse stinks with handling the finances then maybe you two need to rethink about who handles the finances. Right. You know, maybe you need to set some safeguards up. Maybe you need to come counsel with the elders on how to handle your finances. Right. So these things are good. Right. And so rather than expecting my spouse never to struggle with this, you hear this all the time. Like, Oh, well, before we started, before we got married, he was like this. And then you go, oh, okay. So you got married and you just kind of thought he was going to change. Well, yeah, I thought he was going to change. Okay, what? Did he tell you he was going to change after you got married? Well, no, we never talked about it. Right, so you created some kind of expectation that he was going to be different after you got married than before you got married. Yeah. Rather than what if I walked into the marriage going, I expect to serve and love my spouse no matter what they do. Ah, interesting. But the marriage vows actually say something like that. They do say something (laughs) like that, don't they? Like, I promise to love, honor, and cherish you. Yeah, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. And so I think a lot of us, right, we, we create these expectations for other people. Rather than putting the expectation on myself to be servant minded and to help them walk through life. Wow. Well, that's interesting because even in the marriage vow, it doesn't ever say, you don't ever say something like, well, you know, I, uh, you know, I, uh, you need to promise to me to do these things. That's, I promise you that I'll be these, this, this person. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. And then, right. And so even when I want somebody to grow, I need to realize that growth happens on the Lord's time, not my time. Yeah. So at some level, my frustration with another person's lack of growth is a frustration at the Lord that he's not doing in the other person's life on the timetable that I think it should be. Ah, uh, That's interesting. Right. Because in, in, in the way I think about that is, okay, but he should want to be holy in this area, but he's not willing to learn or grow in this area. So Lord, my expectancy, I've told him, I've told him three times. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. But the reality is God is going, if, if he is the one who begins a good work in you and he's the one that completes it, I'm really saying to the Lord, Lord, your timetable is off. Mm. Now, my expectation for my Lord is that he'll act according to the way I want him to act, which is really, again, going up to him and saying, Psst, can you get out of the chair while I sit down? Uh. Yeah, man. So when so if there's a frustrating situation, you're you have expectations. You've been dealing with something for such a long time, um, and uh, so you're saying the question you need to ask is, Lord, what do you expect of me? 
Yes. Rather than Lord, this is what I expect of my husband, my my friend, my yes, the other church person, you know, yes. my brother, my sister. I expect them to be this way. Lord, you need to change them. Yes. But you're saying, no, Lord, what do I need to be in this situation? Yes. Okay. And and a lot of people, their pushback will be like, well, but the Lord expects us to be holy. And the answer to that is yes. He is the Lord. He, he can have that expectation. Hmm. So, but I am usually not the police officer. Hmm. So, right, again. Okay, so you're, you're saying... What you're really saying is like, we're not allowed, we don't get to be the law enforcement. Yes. We're not law enforcement. Yes. Right. We, yeah. That's where we are straying from our lane. Yes. We don't get to be law enforcement. We get to be, you know, lovers, yes. uh, people who love the yes. extension of Christ's love, grace, and mercy. Yes. Um, and in some level, that's actually the solution, right? Yes. Because uh, that's what, the funny thing, that's, we're always asking what, we're always demanding expectations from others when the Lord is constantly demanding us to be gracious and patient and loving with others. Yes. Yeah. And that's not the, so again, if you just, and if you're hearing us say, don't speak truth to other people, that's not what we're saying. Mm. Right. Um, second Timothy two twenty four. the Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all able to teach patient when wronged with gentleness, correcting those in opposition. Right, so we're not saying, hey, it's wrong to correct people who aren't walking in holiness, right? It's okay to say something. Yes. It's the next phrase that we need to rely on rather than being upset that they didn't do it on our timetable. If perhaps God may grant them repentance. There you go. So if 2 Timothy 2.25, if God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses. So there Paul is saying the result of coming to your senses and walking in godliness is God's work. Philippians 1.6, he who begins a good work in you, he will complete it. That is God's work. Right. So all I can do is communicate the truth and love them. So what if, what if rather than expecting my spouse to be perfect, what if I place the expectation on me to walk in holiness and to love my spouse the way God calls me to love my spouse? Yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, you're not going to go you wrong. Can't, because there's no limit, right? Yes. There's, there's, there's no limit to love. Yes. Against There's no law against this. Yes. There is a, there, there, that, that is the lane that we live in. The, li- the lane that we do live in is love. Yes. And Ephesians 4, therefore I, the prison of the Lord, implore you, implore me to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Mm-hmm. And so how do I walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which I've been called? With humility, servant-minded, with gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another, in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond ah, of peace. Yeah. So there's actually, right, so now if I understand, okay, okay, my responsibility is to love and serve my spouse, and I need to do it in accordance with the gospel, then that's actually going to tell me there are times I need to be long-suffering through my spouse's trials and troubles. I need to be patient with my spouse through trials and troubles. Yes. I need to be gentle and kind and loving. So now the expectation is on me Right, not just my spouse, but right, you sometimes you come into the church and you expect everyone you have some view in your head of what holiness looks like and you come into church and you go, Wow, not everybody's like that. Again, you can be that 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 can create despondency, despair, dis disappointment. Whereas if I come into the church and I go, Hey, I am a I am a sinful man saved by God's grace and I still sin every day and God still shows me grace then maybe what if what if I come in and just love these people the same way God loves me? Yes. I, I think that's where people get ministry wrong. Yes. They're thinking ministry looks like finger pointing. Yes. And um, you know, uh, you know, bashing. Yes. Like, hey, you did this or you're a sinner. Yes. You know, you need to repent. Like that's, you know, um we have to remember that Christ who walked on earth focused his ministry on teaching and loving people. Yes. I mean, he was, he he sat with tax collectors and sinners for the goal of leading them and teaching them. And that takes a lot more patience and work. Yep. And Um, Christ could have been like, and that would have changed it. Right. But he didn't. Yep. He came. Yeah. 
I, you know, he, he, he came for those who were sick. Yes. Right. And, but those that don't need a physician, right. They're, they're Born in spirit. Well, yeah. 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 And I think that that's the big thing with expectations. And so again, it, you, you have to start to recognize what are my expectations on other people? You know, and then, then of course, everybody said, "Well, is it fair to have expectations?" At some level, yeah, your boss—it's fair for your boss to have expectations for you. A good boss communicates those expectations, right? If if you and your spouse have expectations for each other on the preference level, talk about it. If yes. it really bothers you that a dish sits in the sink for twenty-four hours, talk about it with your spouse. Yes. But then don't expect just because you talked about it that your spouse is going to do it, hmm. right? Again, your sp- it may take time for your spouse to figure out how to do that. Yeah. I mean, it ultimately, you have to uh, approach the situation graciously. Yes. Right? I mean, if it bothers you that much, you have to approach the situation graciously and, and, and sit together and talk with each other rather than like pound the other person. Yes. Yeah. I think that's where the, that's where the trouble is. I think we knee jerk. We react and um, we want to change the situation quickly. Yes. And we're willing to do it at any cost. Yes. And that's really, that is selfish. And that is uh, almost, as you say, like you're trying to be God. Yes. I, even God doesn't work that way. That's a funny thing. God doesn't work that way. No. God is actually patient and yes. kind with us. Yeah. And uh, I mean, otherwise, you know, he'd be pounding us into submission today. And he's not. Right. He says, look at my son. Yes. Look how kind and generous and yeah. graceful he is. And the reality is, someday we are, every believer someday is going to be perfect. Yeah. But the Bible associates that perfection with a glorified body. Yes. And so it's wrong for me to expect Christians to act as if they have a glorified body when they don't have a glorified body. Yeah, that can be frustrating. Yeah. And so again, and I, if you're the kind of person listening, you're like, well, it's okay that I have these expectations. You need to probably sit back and check yourself and go, you know what? Uh, I need to be more gracious. I always hmm. ask people who dig into their expectations because there's always some guy that's like, or girl that's like, you know what, I have done this for 10 years or 15 years and I am tired and I'm worn out. And, and I always like, I kind of always ask him like, Hey, are you perfect? Well, no, of course not. Okay. Do you realize like you are aware of some of your sins, but God is aware of every one of them. Hmm. Like the ones you don't know that you sin, like, like when you sin and you don't know it, God knows it. He's not up there like, oh, I missed that one. Or, oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, you snuck that one by me. Like, he knows every one of our sins. And yet, how does God treat us every day? He doesn't sit there and like, okay, take the spirit out of that guy. Right. He continues to lead us. He continues to minister to us. He continues to teach us through his word. He continues to shape us. He continues to mold us. And he continues to love us. So that he forgives us seven times 70. And so for me, it's like, if you stop and realize your relationship with the Lord, the reality is the one person that, that is allowed to have expectations of me and demand that I be perfect in following them in his administration of those expectations, he's super gracious. Wow. That's so good. Super kind to me. Yeah. So then how do I turn around to somebody else and demand that they be better than I am to my own God? Yes. That's like that reminds me of that parable of the ungracious master. Yes. Um, who, yeah, what did he do? Jail. He, he jailed. Oh, Matthew servant. 18. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's us, right? Yes. Uh, we don't have the right to have those kind of expectations yet. We, lord it over people and the one who has the right to have those expectations is the gracious one yes wow yeah yeah the the slave who owes you know a trillion a billion dollars right you're never paying that guy back and the and the judge says i forgive you and then that guy runs up and he's like dude you owe me five bucks you're going to jail yeah and okay, it's yeah. so ungracious yes and then he turns around you know and and the the judge finds out 
And then, you know, Jesus finishes that, should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? Mm. And that's what we don't think about. God is merciful to me when I fail his expectations. Why do I then get to turn around and be upset with others when they fail to meet my expectations? Right. Right. And so we, we are all quick to love mercy that we receive. And... We need to we need to grab a pail, like a large bucket, and receive that mercy and turn around and dump the bucket on other people. Mm. And instead, we have an eyedropper, and the mercy we receive, we eyedrop on other people and give it to them in tiny doses. Ah, that's a good picture. I like that. Right. And yeah, so, oh, right. I yeah. love this mercy I'm showered in. Here's your droplet of my mercy. Don't do it again because there's three drops there. Mm. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Is there something that? Is there? I, I'm trying to think uh, if there is there something that normally like why is that such a blind spot? Or I guess it's pride. It's pride. It's pride. It's, it's pride. yeah. I mean, it's We're, so it's so about. it's so easy to see ourselves better than we really are. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, it's Jesus, right? Hey, it's easy to see the speck in somebody else's eye, and then he uses a Greek word for like roof beam. Yeah. You don't even know you have a roof beam coming out of your yeah. own eye. It's just way easier to see the other person's yeah, back. That's the reality, I guess. Yeah. 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 It's and again, it's because we can't see our own blind spots. Which is actually why we need other people to say, Hey bro, that might be a blind spot in your life. Ah. You know, or hey man, what be more that? gracious. And so that's why we need other people. Yeah. Uh, but but the reality is in any personal relationship, and I just kind of this is kind of like my summary thought, just just so there's some kind of a summary thought. Yes. Um Rather than having, rather than placing expectations on other people, let me place expectations on myself to serve other people and love other people and grow in the knowledge of how to do that. Yep. And you'll, you'll, you'll never run out of uh, <laughs> things to do for yeah, others. No. Yeah. And, and I think, so good. and once you start to learn this, if you can kind of go to expectations 202, then you, once you start to realize this, you start to then be able to spot it in your own life. Mm. Oh, I had this expectation on, on my wife that I didn't realize I had for 15 years. Mm. Now you can navigate that in a better way. Honey, I prefer this. Is this something you're okay with or would you prefer not to do it that way? Yeah. And then they can be like, you know what? I don't really like that. Okay, that's fair. And you leave it up to the Lord for your spouse to change. You know, if your spouse wants to come alongside and change to prefer you on that, then that's cool. Thank you, God. If not, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Right, especially at preference issues. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they they do they do usually follow our lead. Yes. So for for the type that's like really selfish, uh, well, it, you're probably gonna see that on the other end yes. as well. So you yep. we become a mirror to our family in some in some ways. So yes. Yeah, it's it's humbling, it's humbling because it is humbling. I always, you know, I try to, I try to, um, you know, look at myself as much as I can because it's easy to forget. Like, yes, it's easy to look at everybody else. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. And I would even say right. And so, two hundred two is you start to learn to navigate other people's expectations and ask them and talk about that. That is hard. I, I think yeah. that's that's a different skill set that people need to develop. Yes over time, but I'm going to talk about how you develop it. Okay. So one, I need to start learning how to, how to like have that conversation. Hey, is it fair for me to expect you to do this? Or my general desire would be that we do this. Are you on board with that? And they may say yes. And then the second part of that is realizing that just because somebody then agrees to like pick up their shoes every day, you know, if they've, if they're 40, like for me, 40 years, 40 years of doing what I want to do with my shoes, it's, I'm not going to go overnight to putting my shoe into the most illogical place in a closet. Mm-hmm. It just makes more sense to have a pair of Crocs by the door. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm not going to judge you for the Crocs. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, I mean, they're, they're kind of a jack of all trades if you need them, but uh, they're ugly as, as sin, but that's fine. So uh, they work. But right, so I'm not going to learn that overnight. Uh, So I would want to be patient with my spouse as they work on getting better. Hmm. Right, you're not going to, you just don't hand a kid a pair of barbells and say bench press 200. Hey, the standard is I want you to get to 200. Mm -hmm. But it's going to take time for them to get to 200. 
And you know what? They may stop working out for six weeks because, I mean, I get that. (laughs) You know, it's easy to stop working out for a little. So they may backtrack for a while, then pick back up. So you just got to be gracious. Mm -hmm. But I would say the way to really develop appropriate approach with expectations is to dwell on the cross every day of your life. Ah, Because if you stop and think about the way God interacts with you through the cross, it is super hard to be unsympathetic, uncompassionate, a jerk, mean, and to, and to not be long suffering to other people. Yes. Especially if you suffer with the same sin a lot, you know, like, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's why the, I mean, that's one out of a, you know, a thousand reasons why the gospel's relevant every day. Yes. Because that simple, that simple fact that the, the one who didn't deserve to die died for us. Yes. That should, you know, that should cause us to be humble. Yes. Yeah, and but sometimes we forget. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. So well, no, why. we're so quick to forget that God, that God doesn't, look, when he sees us, he sees us hidden in Christ. He sees us as forgiven, and he sees us as growing children who are becoming more like him because that's mm-hmm. what his spirit is doing. He is actively changing us more to be like Jesus Christ. So God understands we are going to arrive in a glorified state when he's ready for us to do that. And then our Lord in heaven doesn't withdraw love because we're having a bad day. Mm. And I think, right, if I start to think about, okay, and, and again, there, there's always the liberals that are like, that, that overly believe that God is here for us. That's not what we're saying. But there is the relationship that our heavenly father does love his children based on the cross, based on the son, based on the fact that Ephesians 1, according to the kind intention of his will, like just out of the kindness of his heart, he loves us. And so a God who sees my every sins and my every struggles and yet still loves and serves and is growing me to be more like Christ, right? He doesn't, and then, so the way he is, is patiently, lovingly, graciously moving me. And we've said this a couple times now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... Um so he knows we're going to get to point B at some point. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's, so he's patient. Like he knows, yes. he knows he's going to conform us into the likeness of his son in his own time. So I think we have to rem- remind ourselves of that fact that we yes. will eventually be that. Yes. But not necessarily on our timetable. And yeah. I think that's really hard for people because we want change like yesterday. Yeah. The only time you may see your spouse in a holy state the way you want to is in heaven. Exactly. It may take, it may take that long. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know why God's not making that change. But, but I do know this. It's so funny because at the end of your expectation desire and at the end of your despondency and your despair, there's still the question, well, how are you called to respond? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I say this to my boys all the time. I get that your brother did that to you, but how does God want you to respond? And so even, even, even in scripture, right? Love your enemies love your adversary, love the one that's giving you a hard time. Like most of us don't have arch nemesis that somebody else is doing a comic book of our life and has an arch nemesis, you know, at the beginning of the comic book. Most of the time that enemy manifests itself more in the way of somebody who's giving us a hard time right now, somebody who's making life difficult, uh, whether that be, you know, you're behind some person that, that can't figure out how to go through a bank line, you know, and, and you know, every time I go to the bank, uh, I think, you know, has this person ever done a deposit slip before? Mm. Uh, and if you haven't, let me know. I'll help you. Um, but, but right. So where was I going with that? Oh, the, the point of that was, you know, that God is super gracious, super kind, super loving. And even with our lack of knowledge continues to lead and continues to develop us to be more like him but it may not happen until we get to heaven oh i know where i was going with that right no matter no matter what you do no matter what the other person does you still have to love them like love your enemy love your friend love your kids love those you don't like love those you disagree with love those you agree with it's just easier to to love people we agree with than it is those we disagree with but, but even after your expectation has failed and you've faltered and you've stumbled and you're upset, 
you still come back to what does God expect from me? He expects me to love my enemies. So even if, if your, if your failed actions have left you in the enemy camp in the way I think, I still have to love you. Yes. And so it's funny because you still come back to everything we just said, where you still got to come. Ultimately you're coming full circle back to, are you going to have a servant approach or are you going to have a, Hey, I had this expectation and you failed me approach. Hmm. You know, and you see, it's so funny. You see this on the internet all the time. A pastor falls and people in the congregation are mad and they're still tweeting 10 years later how upset they are with that pastor. And it's like, I understand your expectancy was for him not to fall. Right. The reality is he did. Where's your servant heartedness? Why aren't you, why, why aren't you broken over his sin and his desolation rather than being, rather than rejoicing that he fell because he had some bad theology at the same time. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, where's the shepherd heart there? Like you, you should be like, man, that guy had some horrible theology and he fell. That stinks. God, please grow and change him. Right. Right. Because at the end of that, there's still this expectancy of what should my view be in how to serve him? Yes. Yep. So anyway, wow, that's hard. But I, I love, I love the discuss this discussion, this, discussion i can't say yes this discussion this discussion see i didn't expect you to finish that yeah yeah yeah. um no it's 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 so um uh, it's so helpful to think of life in the framework of expectations yes um there's never you know i guess gracious always to failures towards failures yes and uh you know diligent to always be ready to help yes and and strengthen that person in their weakness. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the hard part. It's like you have to realize that that failure is somewhere, uh, an area that they need to grow in. Yes. So therefore, okay, so if you're saying be a servant, I mean, you have to serve them so that they can grow in that area. Yes. Yeah, so. and by the way, we're, we're in general, uh, and that's the thing too, right? I know somebody listening to this can think of some situation where where we would probably give different advice. Correct. This okay. is general. This is general. Like life. how am I supposed to? Yes. Yeah. How am I supposed to? Yes. What is my general attitude? And I mean, but again, there's yes. no limit to love. Right. There's right. no law against it. Right. So now, but but in an abusive relationship, right. there might be some different advice. Correct. Yes. yes. And we yeah. might take some different steps. Yeah. However. You still, like, even in that situation, that person, you're yeah. still called to love them, even though, right. So all I'm saying is if you listen to this and all you're doing is trying to find exceptions to what we're saying, then I would challenge you to go back and re-listen and say, wait a minute, take what we're saying and realize for 98.9% of your life, this this thinking is a big deal. Like, like this is the proper way to think about it. You know, what what protecting your family from somebody that's a different discussion. Correct. We're talking about general relationships. We're talking about Sunday morning before church, talking to people, doing life with church members, you know, and coming away from church rather than disappointed that you find out somebody else in your church sins. Hmm. You know, we're talking about right going in and having a loving attitude with the, honestly, if our expectations were theological, my expectation would be for you to sin. And my expectation would be for you to not be perfect. Right. And then my expectation would be to be the kind of person that leads you back to the gospel and reminds you of forgiveness and the cross. Yeah. 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 So that's fair. Yeah. The the thing is we all, I think that's then that's what we didn't talk about. We always lean our expectations on. They should be perfect. Avoiding the part of scripture that tells us that even believers are deceived by their sin and have blind spots. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the proper ex so so have a proper expectation of people. They're sinful, and believers are being conformed to yeah. the image of God on His timetable. We're, we're, we're never given a license to like lash out just because they didn't meet even moral or good expectations. Yes, we're never given. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, that was a long discussion. And, um, but that's good. Honestly, you, this, this thing could come up a hundred times. Yes. Um, and, and, um, that ringing in the background. Yeah. We'll just acknowledge it. It was there. (laughs) 
Oh, I was like, what is that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the phone ringing. It was the Lord saying. Yeah, it was the Lord saying maybe it's time. It's time. Yeah. It's time. But, I'm sure questions will come up. I'm sure we might yeah. have to readdress those in the future podcast or yeah. something. But, yeah. uh, you know, this is us um, working through it um, raw. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, again, this is in the raw. We don't, we don't always have time to prepare these things in the nice, neat packaged. Um, but I will tell you that I believe this conversation happens once a week in Cornerstone. Correct. And so this is the kind of thing where you can give it to your friend. You can listen to it a couple times. The principles are in there, the discussions there, and it's going to come up again. We are going to talk about expectations again. You can expect it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Way. Good way but until it. that yeah. time, until that time, uh, we love you and we're always praying for you and we're here for you. So, uh, should you have questions or comments on any of these podcasts, please do not hesitate to, to email us or ask, uh, to, to shoot Gene or I a text message. Obviously you're in the church. So talk to us if you're outside of Cornerstone, um, before you come to us, please go to your pastor and ask your pastor, uh, let, let your pastor shepherd you. Yes. I don't know you. I don't know your context. We don't know your context. And so, Again, if you're outside of Cornerstone listening, uh, we hope this serves you and encourages you in your relationship to your local church. Amen. Yeah. So we want you to be a churchman of your local church. We want you to excel there. And we want your first question to be to your pastor, not Amen. to us. Amen. We love you and have a great day. And we will uh, see you again. See you again. Or talk to you again. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Love you guys.